Welcome to the Weekly Dish, Hour 2. Our friend Susan was so kind to hold on. We will take your question. Susan, thank you for holding on. I appreciate it. How are you doing? Uh, good, thank you. What can we help you with? Uh, yeah, you know, I have some really nice cookware, and um, my daughter burnt, you know, whatever on the bottom of the pan. Yep. And I've tried... Um, Oven cleaner, and I was wondering anything else. I, you know, I don't want to scratch or yeah. Know, anything else I could try? Um, sometimes I think is it where you uh, heat the pan and then you hit it with like water and vinegar, and oh, supposedly okay. that can lift the stain off. Okay. Um, are they like white enamel or is it cast iron or what's the surface? Yeah, uh, cast iron, and then one is uh, my was. My mother really liked it. Was, it's like a copper bottom um, pan. Wait, so is this um, on the inside or on the bottom? Are you saying this no, is... Uh, no, I'm sorry, on the inside of it. Okay. So, so if, it's I, cast, I, you know, if it's cast iron, really, you can, like, you can take a wire brush and scrub that down to, you know... I mean, okay. it's iron, so you can scrub it until, the, until it's gone, you know, like really, really uh-huh. rough, and then you just have to re-season your pan. And with your copper, you could try salt and lemon juice. Salt and lemon juice. Okay, and that'll take kind of like the burnt. Yes. You know. Yep. Burnt food. Okay. And what did you say it was? Salt and vinegar? salt and lemon juice. Salt and lemon juice. And okay, just try like a little corner, you know, because I I don't know your exact surface, so I don't want you to scratch your pan. But that's what I would try. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Thank you very much. Okay. okay. You bet. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Um, when I have a really horrible mess situation, I soak it. And then the next day, if it's still not out, I heat it up and do a little vinegar and water. And yeah. And then don't inhale it, by the way. Oh, yeah. Because it makes like a steamy vinegary. Yikes. So just <laughs> make sure you don't inhale the vinegar fumes. Yeah. All right. We're going to go ahead and start our top two in hour two. Let's do it. Give me the old one. And now, the Weekly Dish presents... Top two, top two. The top two... Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two. All right, I'm going to start to give Steph a little time to get her second one together. I got it. Um, I went to PS Steak last weekend in the 510 Groveland space, and it had been since pre-pandemic that I'd eaten there, and it was amazing. Yeah. So amazing. Such great food. Just uh, the steak was beautiful. It's not cheap. It's definitely feels for me personally like a special occasion dinner. We did buy an expensive bottle of wine, had a beautiful piece of beef. We shared a crab toast that was amazing. One of the things that was really fun, though, was these cocktails that we had. And I had a cocktail that was called the Pomplemousse. Pomplemousse. And I loved it. It was grapefruit-based, grapefruit rose vodka, grapefruit liqueur. I always love a grapefruit profile. Um, What it had, though, was grapefruit salt. 
And putting salt in a cocktail is something that apparently they do a lot there because I asked her about it. Yep. And then the second drink I had. Yeah, it's like it's a saline. It's like a little bit. That's what she called it. Yeah. So it's so it's not like someone's like sprinkling salt, which can what you it's like a hard thing to figure. But like a little saline, a little soft, salty water. It's kind of good. Okay, because I had was like salt. How about salt? And I love salt. So I was very excited. Yeah. Uh, The other drink I had was really interesting and it was super beautiful. It came in this little short low ball glass, but it was rounded. And by the time the drink got served to me, it had like the white foam head and the whole drink looked like an egg. It was like an oval. It was so pretty. And the drink was called the Alsace. And I did put a picture on my Instagram. It was egg white, Gertz demeanor, vodka, lychee, lemon, minerals, grapeseed oil. So there was oil in it mm-hmm. that made the egg white viscous. Oh, yeah. With blank, blanc vermouth. Blanc. And it was just, it was such the a Alsace. great cocktail experience. I love it. I love it. That sounds so good. Do you say Alsace or Alsace? Alsace? You say Alsace. Oh, because I went there and I never said it right the whole time I was well, there. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a way of saying it for different people in different fran-fran ways. Or I guess I've always, I've always thought Alsace. Okay. It was just delicious. Though. Okay. Um, all right. So did you want to do two and then I'll just do the twins food stuff? Or do sure. you want to? Sure. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. My second one was a restaurant that's been around for a while and I'd never have the opportunity to eat there. And I ate there last night and they had a dish that was really great. Actually, a lot of it was good. It was Italian eatery in Northeast Minneapolis or no, near Nokomis. Nokomis. Sorry. Yeah. South. Yeah. Um, beautiful, huge patio. That wasn't open last night, but will be open. They had the furniture out. Yep. This is an Italian restaurant, but the pasta was so excellent. And they had a really bustling bar. We loved the Roman meatballs. Good. That was a good veal, beef, and pork meatball with a house-made Pomodoro. And I had that same Pomodoro in a spaghetti. Sure. That just, you know how when it's a homemade noodle and it's a little chewy, it's just like it's got some texture to it. It was just like this perfectly balanced, lovely, simple spaghetti and meatballs with the noodles that were so good. Mm-hmm. The other thing that we really liked a lot, though, and everyone agreed, was this mushroom capoletti. Yeah. And it was like a uh, an envelope, a pasta envelope that had these mushrooms that were roasted inside it. And then it was in a creme fraiche and a whiskey barrel aged shoyu. Oh, so yeah. It just had this really uh, earthy, it had thyme. And it was really, it was a stellar dish. It was the mushroom capoletti. It was 20 bucks and it was a big portion. And we just all thought that was a standout. Wow. Wow. So that's Italian eatery. Okay. Great neighborhood spot. I loved it. Yeah. They have a little uh, side patio called Undito. Yeah, I saw that. Which is a really cute little spot where they're trying to do the Sardinian sort of, you know, capturing that feeling of being out on on a piazza, you know. And so they've got little fried, you know, sardines and they've got great little snacky plates. Yum, and good I would wine. like that. I know. And they've, they had it encased. I was going to ask you if it was still encased. It was encased. Yeah. Okay. Cause they'd had it. I didn't encased, know what it was. Yeah. All winter long. And so that people could go and oh. eat there. But so now I'm hoping that when they take it off, it'll be, Oh, go there and have an Aperol spritz. Yes. And a little fried something. Good fun. An arancini ball. Oh Yum. yeah. 
Okay, so I'm going to just kind of run down the Twins food, you guys. The new food at the Twins, which I did eat yesterday. Sure. And there's some really great winners there. What I mean, was your favorite top two? Well, my top two would be, I mean, and it's kind of unfair, but it's the hot Indian. You That's know, not unfair. Tikka masala. Well, because it's like, it's not really new. That's okay. <laughs> it's still the best. But it is, you know, the, the idea of eating tikka masala on a rice bowl, you know, at the ballpark is something that I think is always like, oh. Really, is it ballpark food? But I yes. gotta say, it, it, especially yesterday, sunny day. I had a beer. I was really feeling it, and but it was cold. It was like forty-two degrees, so it was windy. Like that tikka masala just absolutely warmed me up, and it made me full. I didn't, and I spent. It's fourteen bucks. You know what I mean? Yum. And that's great. Um, the other thing I would say is there's new La Tapatia uh, has a new taco cart. La Tapatia is the salsa or the hot sauce, right? No, it's this not. Is, well, no, no, no. This is this is uh, a locally owned taco shop in St. Paul. Okay, La Tapatia. And, I feel like they make. Okay. Yeah, and they uh, they um, did. They were a food truck. They got a little bit of a, a, a store off Larpenter. I think they might have moved off Larpenter, but they're still in St. Paul, and they are. Um, they're just a great little place. Anyway, they had uh, chicken tacos. They just had some, like, um, you know, some um, beautifully stewed, braised chicken with adobo spices and everything Yum. else. But you got two tacos, and you could get them California or street style. Like, And that was where I was like, I want both. <laughs> I want all the things on it. And so... I got these two little shells of tacos with a lot of chicken in there and then tons of like, you know, fresh cilantro and chopped onions and little uh, bits of tomato and all the stuff. And it was um, 10 bucks for two of them. Again, a great deal, a great deal. And, and I mean, that is you can be full after that. Maybe not full, but you're also going to want to go get a Kermarchik's Polish (laughs) with sauerkraut and onions. But the other one, there's two other things I want to tell you about. One, I thought was a great deal. This year that no one seems to have mentioned is that the twins have um, created a family value stand. And so underneath uh, one of the stands, you know, on one of the concourses, um, right to the west of Gate 34 is the, um, it's called the family value concessions. And everything there is under $10. And so I got a hot dog, just your basic hot dog. I got a basic pretzel with cheese sauce. Total $8. So $4 each. Love. Really great. That's really smart of them. Parents with their kids in line. I was very happy to see people just embracing the fact that, you know, there's other, it's sometimes it's like you want to go to the ball game and it's a bummer when you can't afford to, you know, enjoy the fun. These kids were walking around with their hot dog and And they were so happy. Let's just face facts. I know. All you're going for is the plastic baseball hat with with the the ice cream cream inside okay boom so done just know that you parents can have your fancies but right you gotta like that was the only reason to go to any sporting event as a girl yes sorry but the the other last thing i just want you to know and i'm just gonna ignore that (laughs) my sexist comment i'm just speaking from my own personal experience as four girls and a dad but uh the grinder up in the derby the (laughs) twins the italian grinder sandwich was a small all sort of pretzel bun. Yum. Really great meats on there. Really good. I wanted it to be bigger. That's all I'm going to say about that. But it was delicious. It was great. So You and you your go. sandwiches. I just I love this about you. You can you. always count on Stephanie to tell you a good sandwich. I know. That's true. All right. Okay. So that is the top two. We'll be back with more Easter. we got a peep teeny recipe coming up. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. I have to admit, 
I'm, I'm, you know, I wasn't like a huge One Direction fan. Like they're fine, and like Harry Styles, whatever. But somehow I must have watched a Harry Styles video on Instagram. So in my stories, he pops up all the time now. Yeah. He is Weird. like a sexy um, Mick Jagger, like a younger Mick Jagger, just with the joie de vie. Yeah. Like what he wears, the way he moves. It's really working for me. So keep up the Harry Styles videos on Instagram. Thank okay. you. Um, okay. Once I got past my Mrs. Robinson moment. Okay. I was going to say. <laughs> like, hello. Yes. What is happening here? All right. I did... Every year, I like to do peep things with Jason because he hates them. Right. And last, I guess, before the pandemic, we were featured on the John Oliver show, our segment that we did on Fox about peeps. And it was just funny. It was like 2018, I think, was the feature. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And they made fun of us because I was like, here, try this peep. And Jason was like, it's trash. Oh. Uh, And then they had like this big, like, nobody likes peeps. You know how they scream at you on his show and do the funny. Um, So I was trying to think of, okay, what would be interesting to do with peeps this year? And I saw this thing that really cracked me up and it's a peep teeny. And you make a martini with peeps. And what you do is you buy your peeps and you infuse the vodka with peeps. So I put a mason jar and I put four yellow peeps in it. Yep. And I put it, filled it with vodka. And then you wait a couple of days. I waited two days. You can wait up to four. And the vodka gets infused with the peep. And it does kind of dissolve. Kendall said it looks like a science experiment. Not all of it dissolves. That is terrifying. It just like starts floating to the top and the whole peep face gets sort of melted. Yeah, and it's just sort of like this brainy matter on the top of the vodka. So then you strain oh, that it. That sounds real appetizing. Yeah, it was good though. You strain it. And then I made a I made a lemon drop for Jace because I know he likes lemon drops. But you could like the fruit punch peeps could be fun. The purple ones, the blue raspberry, like let your mind go here just a minute if you're trying to do like fun Easter things. So I had two ounces of the peep vodka. A little bit of Cointreau, right? It was a half an ounce of Cointreau, half an ounce of simple syrup, and then an ounce of lemon juice. And I shook it. And then I lined the rim with the little Easter sprinkles and sugar. And it was good. It was totally good. It's a fun, if you're having like people over for brunch, it's fun. Okay. It's, I, this sounds horribly sweet. And he was surprised. He said, he goes, I thought this was going to be horribly sweet and gross. And he goes, it's not. It's good. It tastes like a good lemon drop. Okay. So I mean, I guess the, if you're into that, you know, that sort of, if that's your vibe, then yeah, for sure. And you just, if you're looking to do fun stuff for sure. Easter. So that's the peep teeny. Wait, did you garnish it with a peep? Yeah. Okay. But that, that was sort of awkward because you have this that's like a, martini glass say, with this giant peep floating. floating. I yeah. mean, you would have to do it just for the fake, for the sake of the fun, but like. And I think it's better to float a duck. You know, the peeps, they have the peep ducks. Oh. That aren't rabbits, but they're ducks. Oh, 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 of course. No, the actual peep. I'm the entire time I'm here with an actual peep. Those rabbits came later. The peeps were the first. The peep. Like a peep. A duck makes a peep. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. You just, you just, you just, you are today years old when you figured out why peeps are shaped like a duck. You are today years old. I thought the rabbits were the peeps. No. Why would a rabbit be Makes total sense. Wow. Wow. That is like... Ladies and gentlemen, 
Stephanie Hansen. That was like the second. That was Stephanie Hansen, and not Stephanie March. I just want to make sure that in this instance, we know who is who. Yeah, and the <laughs> second moment we had is in the studio. There's like a little technology feature, and Stephanie was like, "Well, you can just do this." I was like, oh, "You can." Like we've been doing this a long time, and I just learned how to work the phones. Safety. Anyway, okay, that was life changing moment. So, I thought the peeps were the rabbits, no. but what I get now are? that they're the ducks. But the first one, yes, of course. Because why of wouldn't it be peep? But in the stores, everybody buys the rabbits. No, they don't. Like the ducks are like on the second shelf. The rabbits are on the top. I don't know if I agree with your saying okay. there, Norm. All right. So the second thing I made. Now that I'm just like, wow, now that's mind even, blowing. Yeah, no, like, I can't wow, stop thinking wow. about it. Yep. Revelatory. Okay. My family loves Rice Krispie Bars. Who doesn't love a Rice Krispie Bar? Let's just... If you don't like Rice Krispie Bars, you might be, I don't know, un-American. Anyway, you make the Rice Krispie Bars with your stick of butter and your seven cups of rice. But what you also do is you add a little vanilla and a little salt to the um, marshmallow goo. Okay. And then you have peeps that you've cut into. Like, each peep is, like, in six pieces. So they're about a half inch to a quarter inch in size and you don't have to be precise. And what I like to do is before you cut them, put them in the refrigerator or the freezer for a little bit so that you get a better cut. And then you leave them in there while you prepare your rice crispy mix Mm -hmm. at the very, after all the marshmallows are melted and you've stirred in your crispies. Now you throw in your cut up peeps. Okay. And you press that into your baking pan. And I added sprinkles too, because why not? And it was, a peep rice crispy bar, very marshmallowy because you got the marshmallow base and then you got the peeps, and the peeps kind of have a flavor too. And you've added a little vanilla. It's really quite good. The peep crispies with sprinkles, and everyone was sort of like, "Huh." And I'm not a big sweet person. You're way more savory than me, and I'm yes, in between us too for sure. It, but it was good. And and then like the funny thing is, they look so cute. Sometimes you eat with your eyes, right? And it doesn't even matter how sweet it is because you're just like, oh, this is so cute. They literally were gone in like 30 seconds. Of course they were. So if you want a fun treat with your grandkids or you want to do something fun with kids, Peep Rice Krispies are where it's at. Also give you, if you are looking to balance out that sweetness, make brown butter the vehicle to melt the marshmallows. Use brown butter and that gives, I've done brown butter Rice Krispies twice now and it's a different sort of really great, like it just gives it a little bit of a lift towards that savory side without sacrificing your sh- your sweetness. And do you want to explain how you brown butter? You just brown it. <laughs> <laughs> you just melt it. You just melt it and you let it go until it turns. You know, you just kind of watch it on medium high heat and then you, until it, till all the milk solids get all frothy and it separates a little bit and it turns like a very toasty brown. You just have to watch it and it happens in a second. Yeah, it does happen quick. So you don't want to burn it, but you have to watch it. But then it happens and then you have, then you turn it off and you have brown butter. Okay, here's a bonus peep feature. I'll oh. tell you when we come back. Okay. The bonus peep feature. We'll, we'll tell it'll it in take the end two of the seconds. show. End okay. of show. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. We're going to take a quick break from Peep Talk to uh, talk whiskey, which is the second most important thing about yes. spring, I think, is uh, is that. So we are being joined today. We're so lucky to be joined by Brian Nation, the head distiller at O'Shaughnessy Distillery. Are you there, Brian? I sure am. Good morning, uh, Stephanie. How are you? We're really good. Welcome to the show. We're so happy that you could be here. 
It's, uh, Thanks it's, for having me. Oh, well, it's wonderful. So O'Shaughnessy Distillery, if you guys don't know, is uh, a new distillery that has uh, opened in Minneapolis, uh, kind of very close to the radio By station. Malcolm Yards, yep. Mm-hmm. And next to Surly. And Brian is, since this is the first time you were on the show, although I, we've talked about you, you know, you were the former head distiller, master distiller at Jameson, of all places, and you've come to move to Minnesota. And the biggest question you probably get asked is, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a question that's asked a lot because, and, and I suppose from my own point of view, if somebody said to me four years ago that I'd leave the role that I was in to move to, to Minneapolis to set up, a, 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 be involved in setting up a new distillery and creating a new style of whiskey, I'd have said they were mad. But you know something? <laughs> I'm absolutely thrilled to be here now and we're really excited about what we've developed at O'Shaughnessy Distilling Company and our brand keepers heart because there's a lot of excitement around it and everybody seems to be enjoying the whiskey so that's great. That's great <laughs> and I have to say let's first talk about this distillery which you guys built you know the, the O'Shaughnessy family built which is a world class distillery. It is when you go into this distillery you guys this is not like hey we're putting something in a basement hoping it's going to work. Right. This is a serious bid to make something very cool and very you know important on in the spirits world isn't it? It sure is. I mean, the distillery itself is 30,000 square feet, yeah. 15,000 square feet of distilling operations, but 15,000 square feet as well of hospitality where people can come and enjoy some fantastic cocktails, some whiskey neat around the rocks, but also some brilliant food. So it really is a, a destination place where people can go on tours as well and understand about what we are doing, what sets us apart, and what do we mean by when we say we want to Americanize Irish whiskey and Irishize American whiskey. So talk a little bit about that, because this is the difference that we're talking. This isn't just a normal whiskey distillery. Obviously, you bring in a master distiller from Ireland and then we're making whiskey in America. Keeper's Heart. Keeper's yep. Heart, which is the name of the of the of the whiskey you guys are making. But talk a little bit about how Irish and American whiskey are coming together for you. Yeah, well well there's two sides to it really. The first is that we're we're showcasing the art of blending with our Keeper's Heart Irish American release and our Keeper's Heart Irish and Bourbon release. And that's simply because we're actually sourcing Irish whiskey and sourcing American whiskey and blending it together. And it's the first time that you're getting to to taste the, the richness of, uh, of Irish potstill coupled with the boldness of a rye or the peppery caramel sweetness of a bourbon. So it's a really, really new taste experience. And so far, the reaction has been great. So that's one side of the Keeper's Heart release. On the other side, we're actually producing American whiskey at the distillery currently and that is american whiskey made in the irish style of triple copper pot distillation so triple copper pot distillation was the quintessential way that irish whiskey has been made in years gone by so our philosophy here is to make american whiskey like bourbon and rye in the um, in that irish style of triple copper pot distillation and we're also making an American single pot still, which is using the quintessential mash bill of the Irish mash bill of malted barley and unmalted barley, distilling that three times in copper pot stills, but maturing it in virgin American oak barrels, which would be the switch from Ireland where they would use refill American barrels. So that in itself is Americanizing the Irish style. And on the other side, we're Irishizing the bourbon and the rice. So it's really exciting. And, and that's one of the things that really drew me here was the opportunity to, to create something different, to create a new taste profile that 
hopefully consumers and risky advocates will, will like. And so far, the, rea- the, the reaction has been great. We did a tasting that broke down all the individual components that went into this Irish bourbon whiskey. And, you know, I'm a newer whiskey drinker. Right. I've come to it later. And it was really just so educational, but fun to see all these components and taste how different they were side by side. I want people to know that they can do that experience at O'Shaughnessy Distilling because it like brought a whole new appreciation to the wonderful cocktail I had, the bourbon smash, because I felt like I could really appreciate more of the craft. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a very important point is that, you know, it's it's one of the things that we're doing is getting giving people the opportunity to taste the components that go into producing the actual final whiskey itself. And that's quite unusual, but it's it's a great experience for people to to try when they come and visit the distillery. They they go on a tour and at the end they they not just get they don't just get to taste the final product, but they get to taste the components that got, that have gone into making it. And the advantage of that really is to to showcase the authenticity of what we're doing also to showcase the quality of the components that go into making the whiskey. And then it gives people the opportunity to identify which aspects of the different components are they tasting as they taste the whiskey. And that's, at the end of the day, what we want people to do is enjoy what we produce. The, the idea of having O'Shaughnessy Distilling Company and the, and the distillery and the, the, the whiskey lounge is for people to come together and have a bit of fun over a glass of whiskey and appreciate the, the taste and flavors, then enjoy the cocktails that are made with the whiskey. And that's one of the important things about our whiskey as well is versatility. If you look at the way people enjoyed whiskey 10, 15 years ago, that whole taste experience has changed dramatically yeah. because now people want to experiment more. They want to try cocktails. They want to experiment in cocktails. And we feel that both Keeper's Heart Irish and American and Keeper's Heart Irish plus bourbon really do facilitate the versatility side as well. We talk a lot about like neighborhoods here and like, I'll go to this neighborhood and do that. I want people to understand that. So Surly has been there for a while, but now we've got Malcolm Yards, which is a great food hall. And you've got the distillery, which I don't know if people understand how many beautiful patios and outdoor spaces <laughs> and fire pits and things that really are great to experience there. So you can go to that Malcolm Yards neighborhood, we'll call it. I, don't, I know there's a name for the actual neighborhood. And and have like a whole afternoon or a whole evening with a group of friends and do a lot of different experiences that's super fun. Yeah, well, I mean, the area around Prospect Park now has really built up and there's lots of there's lots of things to do, as you say. Now that the winter is moving on and it's great to see that beautiful uh, spring sunshine out there, especially for a guy from Ireland who's not used, not used to so much snow that yeah. he <laughs> himself and his family have witnessed for the last couple of months to see the sunshine. But it really is a great destination place now. And I mean, at our distillery, we really would encourage people to come and visit because we do have some fantastic spaces, both indoor and outdoor, for where people can come and enjoy our whiskey and experiment with it. And at the end of the day, it's all about enjoyment. People are want to learn more about what we do there's fantastic tours and tastings as we said earlier but it's also a place to just come and sit down and relax and enjoy with friends 
And that's, at the end of the day, that's what life is about, really. That really is. And we have to shout out to Pip Hansen, who is your cocktail, you know, aficionado, the the maestro of the drinks, who's been around town for a long time, disappeared. You know, he was the chief of Marvel Bar. He kind of went and did other things and kind of grew his life in other ways. And then when O'Shaughnessy, you know, started like bubbling forth, he he was like, I want to be a part of this program, which is huge because he's someone who is, you know, definitely an advocate for high quality and, you know, sort of experimentally bringing you something that will bring you enjoyment, I think is something that we think about. Oh, absolutely. And he's a fantastic asset to, to, to the whole facility and to the whole team, simply because, I mean, he was probably one of the guys that was really responsible for the growth of, of cocktails in, in yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah. And, you know, he's got some fantastic experience. The guy is a magician around cocktails. I just watch, you know, and see what he does to bring those flavors together and really gets the best out of the flavors of the whiskey into the cocktails. And at the end of the day, one of the things that we wanted to make sure was that, you know, our whiskey was always the hero of the cocktail because sometimes whiskeys can be lost in the cocktails with the different mixers and the different syrups and all and bitters and all of that. Yeah. But Pip has designed Pip and his team have designed a program that really do highlight and showcase the the flavors that really do come out well with our whiskey in the cocktail. So really excited about that as well. And for people, you know, in, in Minnesota, you can't, you know, at your distillery, you can't use any other spirit than other that you make. So a lot of people think maybe that you can't get like a vodka or because you guys are a whiskey distillery, but you guys have made your own labels. You're not maybe going to sell them, I don't think, but like you do have a vodka cocktail. You do have a gin cocktail because you guys are distilling that for your bar. Is that correct? Absolutely. And and that's one of the things. I mean, obviously, our focus is on whiskey at, at our, our distillery and, and all around Keeper's Heart. And one of the things that we try to encourage people that come to the distillery is to try the whiskey and to, you know, not be afraid of it, just to try it and experiment with it. But if people are really not wanting to, to try it, then there's always a gin cocktail yeah. or a or a vodka cocktail that they can try. And I think that's one of the beauties of the program that's there as well, is that the team at our distillery have really worked hard that almost all of the cocktails are transitional. You can transit, if you don't want the keeper's heart in it, you can try it with a vodka and a gin. The one thing I would, I would kind of encourage people though, is to really try the whiskey, to go out and taste it, because I think you'll be surprised. Yes. I think you'll be surprised because if you compare it to, 100% Irish whiskey or 100% American whiskey. Our whiskey delivers an extra dimension. It delivers a layered approach. And people that have never been whiskey drinkers before that have tried it have really found the flavors quite appealing and have really enjoyed it and have even started to drink it neat yes. and a mind in cocktails. So I really do encourage people to go out and try it. Try Keeper's Heart, either the Irish American, which is a blend of, of Irish pots and Irish grain and rye, or our Irish plus bourbon, which is a blend of Irish pots and Irish grain and bourbon. Try it and see what you think. I, I, I hope you'll be, you'll be pleasantly surprised. We have been talking with Brian Nation of O'Shaughnessy Distillery. And the one thing I want to leave you guys with before we go is that when we're talking about what Brian's talking about with layering and blending, you know, this is something that is, I think a lot of Americans, we get stuck with the idea of single malt or single barrel, or, you know, we think of only that there's some pedigree with like, 
this one single place and what Brian and his team have done to create the layers and bringing in different whiskeys. Obviously, they're making their whiskey. We all know whiskey takes time. And what they're doing is they're sourcing these beautiful flavors from different places and different, you know, play. And they're layering in. And the mastery of blending is something that we need to start really thinking about celebrating in whiskey, I think. So it's exciting. So get over there and taste it. Brilliant. And I suppose one other thing is that we're very fortunate that we have David Perkins, who was yes. our founder of High West Distillery, as a collaborator and, and investor at the business. And David and myself collaborated to produce the Irish Plus Bourbon uh, release, and we're really excited about it. And, and we're looking forward to getting out on the road and getting many people to taste it across the country. So that's something to really look forward to as well. Good. Okay. Thank you so much, Brian, for being on. We'll talk to you again. We'll have you back on when you guys have some more releases that come out. Uh, because I just think it's, it's you guys are making something that is a, a has a national and a global impact actually uh, for a spirit world. So it's so fun. So thanks for and thanks, thanks Brian. Guys. We'll see you at the bar. It. Take care. Okay. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Exactly. Have, we'll a right great, have a great weekend. You Cheers. Bye bye. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Did you want to tell us your peeps thing? Oh your yeah. Last peeps thing. Okay. So my one last <laughs> peeps thing, and uh, thanks to Brian Nation for being our guest. It's yes. so fun to learn about whiskeys and. Yeah, and Maker's Mark and Knob Creek, and they really have introduced me to whiskey in a way that allows me to appreciate all this in a way I couldn't before. So more whiskey people to the party. Yes. Okay, I just wanted to tell you this idea that someone sent me about peeps after my segment that I'm going to do for Easter because I thought it was so cute. So imagine a clear glass vase that is wide mouth okay like maybe one that you use to force bulbs or something Mm -hmm. then inside there you put a smaller clear glass vase okay okay then in that space that's left in between we'll call it the moat between the two glass vases you line bunny peeps you can put like um, pastel M&M's or pastel Jordan almonds or something on the bottom, or you can just use the peeps. Cadbury chocolate eggs. Yeah, you could. Or something in foil would be cute, too. And then you fill the inside base with water and you put a colorful tulip, and that is your centerpiece. Okay. Your center peep. Peep! By the How way, everybody definitely wants us to say and, and, and to uh, acquiesce to the fact that we had been saying... Uh, ducks and no, those are chickens. Chicks, chicks. Which but could ducks, ducks be chicks? chicks? No, they're ducklings. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, we just got <laughs> well, onto the vibe. I start splitting hairs about I know, what I know. a dope There's, I am that I didn't realize listen, that the peeps were I chicks. Thought, and as much as I thought tuna salad was such a <laughs> hot topic, hot topic, it really ended up being chicks, ducks, and peeps. Uh huh. So there you go. Hey, I do want to shout out a couple of things that are happening uh, that you can help support Ukraine if oh, you yes. are looking for that. And I wanted to, I put a whole section of it in the feed this week. Zoe Bakes, of course, of course, of course, Zoe Bakes is doing a very cool live class tomorrow. And she's doing a Ukrainian honey cake. And it is a Zoom that you can, you, you, you had the chance to be able to, um, you do have the chance to be able to go live in person with her at... The Lynn Hall. The Lynn Hall. For 125 bucks, you can go sit in the class with her and make the cake. That's a really great thing if you're going to donate to Ukraine anyway. 
Um, the live Zoom class has sold out, so you can't really join it live, but you still can get the recording after the event. So if you plop down 30 bucks, you can get this, you know, and it goes to help Ukraine. You get to watch Zoe make this beautiful honey cake with these sunflowers on top that are just outstanding. And so. the sunflowers, in case you don't know, is the national flower yeah. of Ukraine. Yep. And it's and Zoe's family has history in Ukraine. And it's really interesting to read her post about it. So I think it's kind of lovely. Uh, a couple other things that are happening. Um, the Ukrainian Easter Egg Festival is on Sunday at St. George's and St. Michael and St. Michael's and St. Anthony. And they've got they've got all those great Easter breads, those Ukrainian babkas and the paskas, which are kind of a sweet braided bread. They've got um, those beautifully intricate decorated eggs. Oh, my God. I love those. Our friend Lisa makes those. Does she really? Yes. I she's great at that. it. And then they've got a cabbage roll dinner since you're sitting there. You might as well have some cabbage rolls while you're there. So that's benefiting uh, Ukraine. This is all, by the way, in the feed on MSPMag.com if you want. Um, Black Walnut Bakery, Sarah Botcher, she has dedicated that a portion of her sales for Easter Sunday will go to Feed World Street Kitchen, um, their Easter menu. And they've got great banana cream pie and pineapple. Even if you want to do something small like that, you know, it's kind of a pineapple coconut meringue cake. Doesn't that sound good? Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, and the delicacies jewelry, you know, those our friends at delicacies, they've got uh, a pierogi that they have designated as they are basically raffling off a 14 karat gold pierogi necklace. So cute. All you have to do is enter is to donate to Ukraine and then you get entered into a into like a raffle basically that you might win. You can also just buy the regular sterling silver or gold plated ones and ten dollars of every one of those. We'll go to World Street Kitchen. Or World I have a podcast coming up with her soon. Oh, great. Okay, yeah, good. it was a good recording. Good. Um, I'm going to put your feed up right oh, now. Okay. So good. if you want more information about any of these events for the Ukraine Festival or Zoe, you can find them on the Weekly Dish Facebook page, which is where we put a lot of our content yeah. each week. If you ever are looking for something and you can't find it, you can tweet us, you can Instagram us, you can Facebook us. You can message us. You can text us. You can call us on the phone. We'll find Please. it for you. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, also want to shout out. I don't know if you've heard about this place. Um, the, this junket tossed and found. Have you heard about this group? Uh-uh. So they are all about sort of like, it's a flea market. If you really think about it, it's pre-loved goods is what they're calling oh. them. They today have a, in fact, is it, is it already over? No. Well, it, was, it goes from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. today. They've got a kitchen kitchen. It's called Kitchen Kitchen. It's a, they're calling it a pop down because it is in a church basement. But they've got a bake sale that is going to benefit Evansville Arts Coalition. Um, but they're basically having like, you know, your vintage cookware like Love they it. like our swap is like what they're doing is they're selling you know vintage muffin tins they've got a vintage able skiver pan they've got anti-chili molds all this kind of stuff uh for sale and they're just asking you that you wear a mask when you show up you guys but baked goods and coffee are available it's at Southside commons at 38th street and 17th avenue um it's in the feed if you want to look for the direct link so there you go i think that's a good idea too um, what else is going on today that we wanted to, there's two breweries who are doing some pretty fantastic courting you to pretend you're on vacation. I love so, it. Uh, prize brewing, of course, in the river. Uh, they're doing something called paradise. They're going full paradise today. They've got live music at 2 PM. They've got a beer release. That's a tropical smoothie IPA. They're doing patio grilling with jerk chicken skewers. Today's a good day for that. 
Yes, it is. Yeah, it is still window. sunny. It's okay. clear, but just put a vest on. Okay. That's your last vest. We're both wearing. Oh, I was no, wearing I'm a vest. No, I'm in full fleece. Your last opportunity to wear your cute vest. Yes. The other brewery I wanted to mention was Fair State Brewing. And they are doing something very cool. They've transitioned their entire tap room on, you know, Central to Cafe Tropical. And they're doing craft cocktails made with their hard seltzer. Fun. So this is kind of an yeah. interesting thing. Like if you're uh, someone who's like, eh, seltzer's meh, but this brewery is making this hard seltzer and then they're doing these, they're trying to make specialty drinks made from these. And there's a lot of, you know, there's going to be umbrellas, but think of like a Singapore sling or a pina colada, all that kind of good stuff. Oh, I'm here for it. That's it, kiddos. Go hunt your eggs. I Next guess. weekend. Next week. No, they're all <laughs> over the place. This weekend, all the churches have like egg hunts. Okay. But all they're right. not real eggs. And we'll be back next week <laughs> to give you your pre-Easter. Ciao, ciao, everybody.